My name is Justin Lore. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to one, episode 122 of Horror Business. <laughs> horror Business. Horror Business. You know, the business of horror. The biz. The biz. And today we're going to be talking about two films in the mockumentary quote-unquote uh found footage quote-unquote quote-unquote we are talking about 2005's uh like i'm not i uh fuck no no rye norai the curse noroi let's say noroi i don't know if that's right but i'm gonna say noroi <laughs> i sound like a fucking more noroi the curse uh 2005 and 2015's Savage Land. It's all one word. Um, these are both films that utilize the, uh, it's it's they're found. You know what found footage is. Mm-hmm. Although these are these are kind of different because these are like documentaries almost. Well, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I I think I think in our current parlance parlance uh in the current parlance of our times, people would call these found footage movies. They actually, at least, um, Savage Land functions as more of a mockumentary, honestly. Yeah. But, but we wouldn't use that term because when we say mockumentary, we usually mean a comedy, and this is not fucking funny. Now, uh, Nor- no. Now, Naroy is more like it's found footage, but it uses the trope of found footage to say, "Hey, this guy made a documentary. We're going to show it to you. Now, here's some additional footage that adds." details to that and uh and it's also frightening yeah um we're gonna get there but uh i have a humorous story about Naroy the curse i'm not gonna name any names because i think the person about to talk about might be listening to this uh a while back i was courting a nice young woman up here and she suggested after seeing a film at the mahoning drive-in theater she was like, oh, you should come over and we should watch something. I was like, I would really like that. So as I was driving over there, cop pulled me over. Now, I don't like police officers. They make me nervous. So the cop's like, you know, I pulled you over. And I'm like, honestly, I don't. He's like, you were swerving. And I was like, uh, yeah, man, honestly, I was like, I'm going to a girl's house for the first time. And I, I, I don't know really where to go. And like, maybe I was like looking at my phone you know, to get directions. I was like, I'm really sorry though. I, you know, and he just, he's like, you're going to a girl's house. And I was like, yeah, you know how it is. And he gave me the Denzel from training day nod. You know, the nod, I can't say what Denzel says, because I'm a white guy, but the cop gave me the, like the, the nod of approval. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna let you go with a warning. And then I saw Naroy the curse and it was fucking horrifying. It's, I mean, we're going to get into it, but it's upsetting. And I think um, part of that, part of why it's upsetting is it's effective. It's very well done. I think they really thought through how to execute stuff. There's, I would say, one regrettable CGI moment, but 
it doesn't matter because at the point that it comes, you're so fucking sold on how terrifying all this shit is that no part of you's like, oh, what the fuck was that? You're just like, okay, cool. Uh, so you know, but I think another part of it is just like the things that it deals with are also in and of themselves upsetting. So I think that combination works well for the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get there. But there's a there's a lot to love about this movie. Let's just say that. But before we go any further, who this episode we have to discuss who it's brought to you by. And first and foremost, it's brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Now, if you listen to this podcast and you say to yourself, "Wow, these guys are really cool. I really like what they're doing." It really sucks that they're not, you know, shitting money from doing this. And you have become a patron of ours through patreon.com backslash cinepunks, where you can go right now and become a patron. Um, we thank you for that because it means a lot to us. It means a lot to me when I go to heart conventions and my mom will tag along and we'll see a bunch of fucking weirdos there. And my mom looks at me and I can see it in her eyes. And she's saying, you dropped out of grad school and you do a horror podcast and you write about movies. What the fuck is wrong with you? And I say, I can say to myself, oh, by the way, my mom, is, my mom has never said that. It's, that's all in my head. Everything is just, that's all in my head. I can say to myself, well, at least it's not costing me money. And that's because of you. Our, our lovely patrons. So I, if, I appreciate that. If you want to be part of the people who are part of the people, if you want to be one of the people who is making this not a loss, you can head to patreon.com backslash in the box because you're not just helping us. Understand you're not just helping us. You're helping other great podcasts, including but not limited to The Carnage Report, Fat Girl Hacks, Cinepunks, uh, Wine and Cheese, fucking uh, Cinema Smorgasbord, a bunch of other shit. Twitch of the Death Nerve. There they are. I forgot for a second. <laughs> Fuck me. So yeah, patreon.com backslash cinepunks. Who else do we, who else, who else sinks their fucking shitty money in this podcast? <laughs> well, of course we want to thank our friends over at the Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. You know, whatever animosity we have towards Chris Reject, the, the fact of the matter is the team over there is doing quality work. Uh, they're personable, they're relatable, they're easy to work with. And they also offer you some of the highest quality screen printing you can find at a price that should be illegal. It's so affordable. So, uh, you know, whatever it is you want to print, maybe maybe you, uh, you're part of a roller skating gang and you need to print on your windbreakers, your, your tough looking To make yourself easily identifiable? Yeah. Well, yeah, for, but to the, to the ladies. You're easily identifiable yeah, yeah. To, the, to the ladies. Or men, whatever it is you're into, um, yeah, yeah, you know, get get those jackets printed. Maybe you've got, um, maybe you've got a uh, organization that goes around and it plants flowers illegally, places where they don't have the uh, right to plant flowers, but you do it anyway. And you want some socks that have flowers on them to promote it, but no one knows that you're mm -hmm. part of that group. Chris will print on your socks. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He's going to print it on your stuff. So. Thanks. Head on over to xlvacx.com and, you know, get some stuff printed. Come on. Yeah. Make Chris's life a little bit more stressful or a lot more. Either way, just make it make it harder for Chris to pull himself out of bed in the morning. Yeah. that's. And who else? But there's someone fucking else. There's someone else out there. 
Who else is there out there? <laughs> uh, we also, of course, want to thank uh, Essex Coffee Roasters. Um, head on over to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com for high-quality coffee uh, roasted to order so that you're getting the freshest possible high-quality beans, as well as uh, there's fine teas and all kinds of cool merch. They're, they've been doing a ton of tie-ins with bands. I got the Earth Crisis mix, which is not called Earth Crisis, but I knew what the fuck it was, man. I know what's up. And it oh, was, is, it, is, that the, is that the coffee you can only drink if you're a suburban white male? Yeah, basically. And okay. it was really good. And then I got one I wouldn't have even gotten, but I'm on the subscription uh, because I, but it was for a bunch of bands. I don't even like the bands, but the coffee was so good. Name I some like, band. Name the bands, Liam. Don't oh, be a I don't know. I, I, I honestly, it was, it was like Newfound Glory and I Am the Avalanche. And I think it was a tour. I think it was the coffee for the tour or some shit like that. I don't really understand what it was. I'm on the subscription service. So he just sends me two bags. I don't even choose the bags. And I got, it got here and I'm like, oh, that's a cool crossover, I guess. But I don't really like these bands. But the, the coffee was good. So it didn't really. How do you bad. not? How do you not like like those like first two Newfound Glory full lengths? Nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Oh, whatever you fucking you. you I'm you, just being honest, man. I don't too, have to like anything. Too, you too cool for school. Fucking Liam O'Donnell. He's too cool to like a Newfound Glory. I mean, 100 percent. I jump off that train way back with that second Saves a Day record. I'm like, ugh, yeah, you are through being cool. cool. I'm done with this. Puh, puh. I as as I I puh you as I myself am a person who jumped off the, after the third record, so I can't really. That's you know, where most people jumped off. I'm just, I'm really just, uh, really, I, I had spent a big chunk of time in that scene. Maybe that's pop punk revival. Maybe for some of those bands, it's melodic hardcore. Maybe it's like power pop i don't know what you want to call any of that shit uh but did i go to a show that was um midtown newfound glory saves the day reggie and the full effects and uh get up kids yeah i went to that show i saw all those bands i know what that whole thing is about was that if that was at the mansville ox lodge in new jersey i was there as well oh yeah yeah i i was there you may remember a uh uh, I th- I think I think somebody I I guess saves the day announced that they were playing one of the songs for the last time. It was the what's the song where he's like, "You make me feel so tall." Always I ten always feet tall. Wa- I thought that was the song. One of the songs on the first record. They're like, "We're never gonna play this song again." And it people were like, <gasps> and they went to play it. And then this one dude, a Philly dude. I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been bushy but i'm not sure but someone was like all right y'all last time for fucking and whatever their song was i want to see some blood and he started dancing and i was like this is the weirdest fucking thing man like we're what all... song on that record can you hurt people to oh oh man philly uh, the, all those shows that all the kid dynamite shows the get up kid shows people would mosh to all that shit man it was so crazy dumb. it was whack. crazy to me whack as fuck that shit is so corny. What was the oh, one, man. What was the one band on that show that didn't fit that show? There was one band that was kind of like a rock band. Had numbers in the name. Uh, oh shit, I don't know. Um I saw so many fucking bands there. Um this, is a, long, off. this is a long fucking ad. I, I think it might have been <laughs> I, I think it might have been 6 going on 7. Yes, think, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, the point is coffee was good. 
Uh, we also, of course, want to thank uh, our editor uh, and the master of media, uh, Sharky, over at Mechanical. And I'm going to go ahead and say it was Sharky who moshed during that Saves the Day. It was that. definitely not Sharky, actually. Okay. I don't think he likes that kind of stuff. I don't think he ever liked that kind of stuff. Anyways, Sharky over at MechanicalSharkMedia.com. Uh, Sharky, who uh, for some reason didn't like Barbarians, so I guess we like are, are at odds right now. But otherwise, he is the best. I, I, you want to go over to MechanicalSharkMedia.com because um, you're going to want to not only have him do your audio editing, your video editing, shooting for you, special effects, green room effects, puppetry, all kinds of stuff. That they they are master of of their masters of media stuff over at mechanical Shore media he's almost done his big studio space in which you could participate in all manner of things whether you need to shoot a video maybe we want to record a podcast in there there's all kinds of options in this space they've been working on it diligently it'll be done soon so uh you know go to mechanicalsharkmedia.com for all your media needs tell them that uh liam sent you but not justin i like sharky <laughs> i like sharky I like Sharky. Yes, I do. Okay, you gonna ask me the question? The question I have to ask you, William. Oh, yeah? What's that? Yeah, sure, what's that? Is, what have you done recently involving horror films? Well, let's start with the thing I just mentioned. I took myself on a date to go see Barbarian. So, oh. uh, well, actually, let me start with the first thing, because th there's a follow-up to this. I think there's going to be another one, but... So Friday night, this past Friday night, which was the ninth, he said, or was that the eighth on Friday? It was the ninth. So on the ninth, friend of the show, Brian Christopher, who has written for Cinepunks and has written for Daily Dead and talked to us about possession famously. You might remember that conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian, Brian was hosting the Hellraiser Razor, uh, where he was doing live conversations with people on Twitch, on the Daily Dead Twitch account. Uh, talking about various Hellraiser sequels like live, like it was like a live commentary uh, in order to raise money for both the Trans Empowerment Project and for another charity that I forget. Um, and so his goal was to raise $500. When we started, I was the first one on Friday of the whole weekend. He was doing Friday and Saturday, and I believe he's doing Friday and Saturday the, uh, uh, what is that, the 16th and 17th as well. Um, I was his first guest of the whole thing, and he had already raised $350 of his $500 goal. That rules. So he did a double feature that night. We watched Hellraiser Bloodline. Great film. Uh, Great well, film. Go fuck yourself. So, so here's the deal with him choosing it, too. He chose it because he wanted... Well, he likes it, too. He likes it as much as you do. He wanted to fuck with me. He thought I would hate it, right? I'll be honest. I didn't hate it, actually, which is maybe less entertaining for the audience because the idea was that we might end up just yelling at each other over, you know, Zoom or whatever. But that didn't happen. But I don't think it's great. I mean, I'll say this. I think this stuff, the Victorian stuff, I think all that stuff works. I think the stuff that's more like uh, modern day in the 90s, it's hit or miss, man. There's a lot of walking in hallways for no reason. I don't know why there's so many hallways. It's too many hallways. That fucking dog thing scares the hell out of me. Like, and I'm Bro, saying that by the time I'm, they get to space, come on. It's okay. The space shit is a little whack. I'll, I'll get, I'll meet you halfway. It's so fucking sci-fi channel and not in a good way. You know what it reminded me of? What's that shitty metal beast movie that you like? 
Project Metal Beast? Yeah, it reminded me of Project Metal Beast. Why is it that shitty movie that I like? Because you like that movie. Okay. You made me watch that terrible movie. First off, I made no one do anything. <laughs> the point is we watched it and talked about it, and it was fun. I don't know how funny we were per se, but people seemed amused. Uh, then he did uh, Hellraiser Resurrection with two more guests. And then the next night, he did two more Hellraiser sequels with uh, different guests for each one. So that's four screenings he did over the weekend. He raised, I believe, $1,500. So that's like three times his goal. So, uh, yo, man, good work. Like, that shit's sick. And he's doing it again. So if you you search Daily Dead on Twitch, you'll find the channel. And uh, you can watch. He saved all the old ones. So you can watch the old ones. Or you can watch it live, and the, he doesn't play the movie. You just watch, see them talking on your computer, play the movie on your TV, and it's like a like a live commentary, or whatever. It was fun. It was a fun thing to do. So uh, I brought that up because this past weekend, Maeve was away. Suze had stuff going on for church all weekend, and I had this thing with Brian. And on Saturday, there was a show I wanted to go to. Plus, I needed to record uh, with Doug, so I was like. Let's send Maeve to Grammy's house, and we'll have at least some of the weekend free. Well, guess what, uh, Justin? The m- show got moved. Basically, the, the venue fell through for the show, so the show got moved to a different venue. Couldn't start till 11 p.m. Now, Fuck that. I, uh, yeah, I know there are probably lots of people out there that are like, sick, 11 p.m. show, sounds fun. Nah, dog, I can't swing on the... I, especially not with f- four bands. If we're talking about one band... Maybe I could do an 11 p.m. show, but four bands starting at 11, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So I was feeling sad, man. I was feeling real down and out. And there's a cool theater near me called Hollywood Boulevard that's a uh, dine-in theater, and all the various individual theaters are themed. They're like movie-themed, so it's like a fun, silly atmosphere or whatever. So I went and okay. saw Barbarian in uh, Hollywood, at Hollywood Boulevard, and I, and I ate a a bunch of wings, which maybe that's not the best movie to be eating during at certain times. But, uh, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm not gonna, uh, well, you know, I don't think we should spoil anything. It's too new a film, but I'll say, despite some of Sharky's criticisms that he told me over text today, that, that I think we're actually pretty fair in certain ways. I, I fucking loved it. I found it entertaining top to bottom. Uh, I, I guess, you know, his feeling is that not all the themes work. But for me, um, I mean, the let's just say the beginning of the movie is un- is maybe unfortunately the best part of the movie for me. But the rest of the movie is also good, right? So it's not like oh, it fell off. But I will say, when it first started, the level of anxiety for me was immediately through the roof. Like I just was like, what the fuck, fuck. Okay, what's going to happen? Oh, God. And so, like, I was already sucked in. And it helped me for most of the movie. There was a little part in the middle where I started to feel a little like, okay, where are we going right now? Um, And I think there's a character who makes probably what is the right decision. You know, at least it's the most, like, moral decision. And, um, And the whole time I'm just thinking, I wouldn't do that. I don't think I would do that. I think I think I wouldn't do that, you know? And that's mm-hmm. that's just how a horror movie works. So I just had to live with it. But there was a small part of me that was like, ah, come on, fuck, no, nah, don't do that. Come on, fuck that. Uh, so that, but that was it. Overall, I found it entertaining all the way around. 
and it's upsetting. It is a genuinely upsetting movie with yes. some moments that make me feel very bad in my inside. Um, I don't want to talk, get too precise about it because again, I think this is a film that is, 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 is best going in as blind as possible. Um, I will say that the trailer gives nothing away. I was really surprised. I thought I knew what I was getting because of the oh, trailer yeah. and I, I did not, I had no idea what it's going to be. Um, the beginning when the, the thing is unfolding, when it's like, yeah, he shows up at the fuck, uh, the, the tension there. Like, because it's like, it's Bill Skarsgård. They're like, is he being like genuinely friendly right now? Or is it just an act? And I just was like tying myself up in knots about that. Um, and then like the rest of the movie, I was losing my fucking mind at times out of like discomfort, claustrophobia, um, I, I, I don't know. I just like, that was the most upsetting film I've seen in a long time. And I do agree that there are certain decisions that are made that make zero sense. And if you know me, you know that like one of my pet peeves is when people is when people seem to think that they know exactly what they would do in any given situation in a horror movie. Like, you know, for example, when people are like, man, if there was a fucking zombie apocalypse and my fucking kid got bit, I'd blow their fucking head off. It's like, okay. Okay. Like, oh, he's a fucking tough guy. Watch out. Um, I don't know what, what I would do in any given situation. I'm fairly certain I wouldn't do fucking nine out of ten things that happened in that movie. Like, I, I, there's just something about me as a person, as Justin Lore, anyone who knows me, would be like, Ah, no, he wouldn't do that. Like, that's just, just, there's a, there's clearly like, I don't know. It, it's just, I've, it's not that I've seen too many movies. It's not like that. It's not some like scream bullshit. It's just like, fucking no. Like, there's never, there's, like, there's never shit. It, see, I'm coming up against the thing where I don't want to give anything away. Because, like, I'm, I'm, we'll, yeah. We'll talk about when, when more time has passed, we'll talk about yeah. it again. Let's just say that, like, go into this movie as blind as possible. Um, if you want to watch a trailer, fucking feel free to, but I recommend you don't go see this movie and just fucking brace yourself for a, it's a fucking night. Like, I guess content warning for some sexual violence. Um, but like, Jesus fucking Christ. What a like, I don't know. I, I just like walked out. I went with my coworker and we walked out and we're just like, uh, like she was moving back to California the next day. And I was just like, okay, I'll see you in like seven months. <laughs> yeah. It have, wasn't exactly a fun friend like, movie. Have fun driving through the dark after watching that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that, so that you, was, oh, go ahead. What? I was going to say, did you watch anything else? Well, yeah. I was about to say, okay. So, I did Hellraiser, like we said, Hellraiser uh, Bloodline, and I did Barbarian. Um, oh, there was one other thing. Oh, I lost it. I lost it. I'm sorry, Justin. I, I was really excited okay. to tell you, and it went away. But uh, I will say that I've started, I mean, first of all, we've started to talk about, and I sent you that document, by the way, uh, uh, what movies we're going to cover in October. Spooky season is, mm -hmm. is almost here. 
I mean, it's, it's almost as, here. I can taste it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it is here because if I wasn't so busy with other things, I would have already started watching this giant pile. I, I basically all the Blu-rays, the, all the horror Blu-rays I have that I haven't busted open yet. I made a big pile because that's what you do when you have ADHD. You make piles so you don't fucking forget mm-hmm. about things. So I made this pile so that I'll remember to watch these things. And I would have already started watching them. But my schedule's been crazy. And honestly, as far as I'm concerned, this weekend is the weekend to start decorating the house. Like, we actually already did start a little bit. But uh, I mean, like, the outside of the house. Like, we hung a giant spider thing on the door. But, like, I want to start, like, webbing up the bushes and putting some stuff outside. This is the weekend. This is now. Like, I, this is when I want to do it. Uh, I'm actually going to be in Minneapolis this weekend. Sli- oh, shit. Slinging shirts at a horror convention called Crypticon. Crypticon. Uh, what's the lineup? People always ask me when I tell them I'm doing this. like, oh, cool. Who's going to be there? Motherfucker, you know I don't know. I'm going to be at a table selling T-shirts for three days. Well, we it, know who's gonna. We know who's gonna be there. Who's gonna be there? Morris Day, Jerome. Stop! No. <laughs> the only people I've seen, I've looked at their Instagram, and I know that that weird dude from the fucking Human Centipede movies is gonna be there. I couldn't care possibly less about that. But there was some other people that were gonna be there that seemed like they might be important. But unlike my man Justin here, I you know I'm not really a an autograph guy. I'm really just there to like talk to people and sell shirts. So. Now, if they want to buy a shirt, then yeah, that's cool. But I, I'm not gonna go like. Check let's see out who's let's let's see who's gonna be there. Uh, oh, the girl who plays the weird the from VHS. She's gonna oh be there. yeah 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 okay cool. Um, who else? Um, Naomi Groden, who's an American Horror Story. She plays uh, Pepper the Pinhead. Ken Foray, Leanna Quigley, uh, Thomas okay. Waits from The okay. Thing and The Warriors. Motherfucking William Forsyth, Richard Masser. Uh, so it's fine. It's an okay line. Ste- yeah. Stephen Jeffries, uh, who I once saw stare down a homophobe at a New Jersey hard show. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so that's, com- yeah, so, so know, that's coming up. I don't know if this episode will be out before this, for, for this weekend, but if it is and you're anywhere on the area, come check me out. Um, so because that's coming up, I'm not going to be able to decorate this weekend. I'm a little sad, but I'm glad to sell some shirts. But that's all I got, man. What's going on with you? Um. Okay, so aside from Barbarian, I have watched, I watched a little movie. I saw the movie in theaters, Um. The Invitation. Oh, okay. How was that? <clears throat> Waste of time. They give away all the cool shit in the trailer. You don't need to see this fucking movie. Um. Man, and that's uh, talk about brand uh, confusion as well. There's already a very good movie called The Invitation. Oh, there is an amazing invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched a film. <clears throat> speaking of home invasion, I watched a film called Who Invited Them. Um, amazing. I watched a film called Watcher, which you seen. Very, 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 very good. I thought it was really good too. It's it's very tense. It's a very tense movie. Yeah, it's extremely tense. Um, I watched a little movie called Deadstream, which is going to be on Shutter soon. Um, uh, you know, we get screeners of stuff sometimes. Sure. And it's like, I don't really want to say too much about this movie. I I wasn't a fan. Um, 
the premise is okay. Some of the jokes land. Unfortunately, the vast majority don't. Um, the unfortunate part is, is like at the end when the fear, like, because it's also like a quote unquote found footage movie. At the end, when there's the person looking in the camera part and they're sorry and then the shit hits the fan, um, it gets really scary. Oh, okay. But by that point, it's kind of cut with like, um, I'm trying to put this in like a way of like, like like a food way. Like you get something like that's like really fatty, and you cut it with like vinegar, like a vinegar to like make it less rich. That's kind of like how this was. Is like there was some genuinely horrific imagery in this movie. Like like truly like nightmarish imagery. But like the fucking running commentary from the protagonist is so painfully unfunny that it just kind of like sucked all the air out of the room. Sure. Yeah. So I literally like most of the times when I consume like a scary movie, it's like that fear kind of like lingers with me. But like I couldn't let I couldn't let I mean, it, I apologize to all my fellow edge folk out there for this for this analogy. You couldn't let the wine swirl over your tongue and let the complex flavors you know, you couldn't experience them because there was someone pissing in your mouth. Also, that's what this movie was like. Um, and then I watched another movie on Shutter called Salom, Salom, S-A-L-O-U-M. You need to watch this movie, Liam. Um, it takes place, uh, I think, in the 90s in French, French Guinea in Africa. Oh. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch this, actually. Oh, yeah. The premise where it's like, you know, these three, like, legendary mercenaries, they, like, stop at this hotel for the night because, like, someone betrayed them. And you're like, oh, that's cool enough. They have to figure out, like, it's like a hateful eight style thing. And then, like, something happens and you find out who it is that betrayed them. And you're, like, 20 minutes into the movie. And it's this really cool revelation. And then it gets spooky. It's fucking great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I need to watch it. I've heard nothing but good things. I really yeah, need to it's, see it. Yeah, it's 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 very good. Yeah. Um other than that, I think that's everything. Uh, did, did I talk about um Did I talk about any of the stuff I saw at Popcorn Frights? I don't I, I did. I don't know. What did what did you see at Popcorn Frights? Um uh, a little movie called Do Not Disturb, which I can highly recommend. The Eyes Below, all jacked up and full of worms. Uh, distress signals, which was great. The presence, which was good. I think you did talk. You about know, it. I think you did, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was too busy. Just, I don't remember our last episode because I was so f- fucking angry with Chris that it's just a haze. It's just like it's like red haze behind my eyes. Yeah, you just get all worked up at him. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> so okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about 2005's Noroi, Poland, The Curse. We'll be right back. Hello. <laughs> 
いや見えるわけじゃなくて。Talk about Noroi the Curse, 2005 Japanese horror film directed and co written by Koji Shiraishi. Let's go with that.、Um, it is available on Shudder. So if you want to pause this podcast and then go watch it and then come back and listen to our golden commentary, I would recommend that.、Um, this movie scared the fuck out of me. And I think I know the part you're talking about with the, with the dodgy CGI.、Uh, that, that, that didn't. That didn't make it any less terrifying for me. If anything, it kind of made it worse. Like, it kind of scared me even more because it looked shitty.、Um, oh, I don't even know where to start with this movie.、Um, well, let's say first off, we're definitely going to spoil this movie and the、oh, next、yeah. movie. So, yeah. And I think these are both movies that have surprises. So, if you haven't seen them and you're bummed on that idea, then I would stop now. But, you know, I think they're worth、oh. watching, even if you know what's going to happen. Yeah, also, just、uh, shut,、uh, Savage Land is available on Tubi. It's free. I don't even think you have to sign up for an account. Just go to tubitv.com and look up Savage Land. It's all one word. It's ab- both these films are absolutely 100% worth going in blind. So, so Naroy is sort of like、um, there's a guy who's a paranormal investigator. He does. Not unlike myself. It, now, does he have a TV show? Is that what these are? Or does he just make little movies? I think, the, I think it was more like a web series, kind of. Right. Okay. So he has this web series where he investigates things. He seems pretty unafraid to do whatever. And as、um, uh, the movie sort of commences, it's like, this is a special. Like, you're, we're watching a special that he made called Noroi the Curse. And.、Um, There are parts where I suspect we're supposed to think that they've edited in new things, like their own things as well.、Uh, but we're basically watching him investigate a series of、uh, psychic occurrences and psychic people that slowly are revealed to all be connected to each other and to uh, uh, basically a, 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 a town that was erased from the map. And、um, by the way, I, this is funny. This is the first time I've seen this movie all the way through. I tried watching this movie once at a time、uh, closer when Maeve was born,、uh, when she, I was just exhausted, right? So I watched the intro of the movie and then I fell asleep. And then I woke up when the guy is showing him the video of the ceremony. And I was like, wait, what the、okay. fuck is going on? And then I fell asleep. And then I woke up at the CGI part where we see the ghost of Kana and all the dead babies. 
And I was like, I don't know what the fuck this movie is. And I turned it off. And I, it was only the next day that I realized, oh, I slept. Because like I started the movie at like 10. And then I went to bed after I like realized I had been asleep. And when I went to the next day, Susan was like, yeah, you came to bed like, you know, at almost midnight. And I'm like, oh, I basically like sat through the whole movie and parts of the movie seeped into my brain. But like I didn't watch the movie. So like I was yeah. like, yeah, I didn't watch the movie at all, really. And then as I'm watching it for this, I was like, fuck, I remember this part. Oh, God. Seuss, all right. Yeah, Seuss was like, it was really weird. You came to bed screaming about ectoplasmic worms. <laughs> and, and and you were saying that all the dogs needed to die. It was terrifying. So, um, you know, there's a lot of characters here. So it might be confusing um, at first. But basically, he has this upsetting encounter with this woman who... Um, her house is making all these weird noises. She has a small son and the neighbors are sort of asking him to like, come check this thing out. Uh, she eventually leaves that house. And then the people who asked him to come investigate, they die in an accident. And it's when you say weird noises, what do you mean? Uh, by weird noises? Lots of crying baby noises. Upwards of five crying babies all at once. <laughs> and after she moves out, he finds like dead pigeons and weird everywhere. Shit. Yeah. 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 So then he just keeps investigating all these like psychic people and little things here and there keep leading back to uh, each other. So people who seem like separate are connected. And then the big reveal is that uh, these seven people kill themselves and uh, a variety of them were either connected to this first woman from the beginning of the movie, like they live near her or connected to this other psychic that he's been trying to help out and so then things escalate he finds the woman there's this god slash other creature that this village used to worship and then the village is going to be submerged by a dam and there's a last uh thing and this woman freaks out and it's like uh, all kinds of weird shit there's a guy covered in tinfoil who's worried about ectoplasmic worms um and what the film does is uh, how do I want to put this? It, 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 it peppers in little tidbits throughout the movie that don't necessarily have any meaning for you, but by the end of the movie are very meaningful and kind of fucked up. And a couple of times it reminds you like, Hey, remember this? And they'll show you a slip, but there are plenty of other times like the Neroi ma or the uh, mask for the God, right? Uh, the Aww. girl who's in the psychic TV show draws that fucking mask. And they don't show it to you God. again. You just have to notice that that happened. I didn't. I didn't like that. Like there was, um, that was so fucking scary the way they set that up. Because like, uh, so there's this little to, to to explain that there's like this like, um, they're like oh here there's a hidden what do they have in like containers like drawings and containers, right? Okay, and so just like, a, like a little more context. This is a TV show, and it's like a. We're, yeah. we're we got these psychic kids and we're testing out their psychic powers and it it uh, you and know it felt like a real Japanese TV show honestly yeah and so the one girl is drawing fucking everything everything like there's the one the one thing it's not just a circle it's two circles inside of each other that are broken at the same place she fucking nails it and then out of fucking nowhere she draws this fucking face that. The best way I can explain it, it's sort of like the Edward Munch painting of like the scream, um, only worse. And it's just like, well, what the fuck is there's not a drawing of that in the container? Where the fuck did that come from? 
And then you fucking find out later in the movie where it comes from, and you're unhappy. In a good way. In a Do you know what upset me most about this movie, Liam? What? Every, the way this movie unfolded, the way this movie connected, I honestly felt like it was like a Hellraiser box just being put together. And it was like, you, it was like one of those things where it's like, there was this weird nightmare logic to it where it was like, he would talk to someone and then later in the movie, he would talk to someone else and later in the movie, they would talk to someone else and they would reverence the person, the first person who was like, it, it was like all the pieces started fitting together. And as all the pieces started fitting together, this picture started to emerge. And as the picture started to emerge, you, it was like in a nightmare when like there's like a painting and as the deep details become clearer and clearer you're like whatever that painting is is gonna scare the hell out of me when it's done but you can't turn away because it's a nightmare and then it just like like i think the point for me where i was like i am fucked was when we find out that the girl like there's a there's a there's a video of this ceremony where they're evoking this like ancient god in this village before it gets flooded and it's the priest and his daughter and they're like do, do chanting and she's possessed and then it's revealed that that little girl grew up to be the neighbor of the woman that they first investigate who had all the weird spooky babies in the house. Like once I made that, that connection, it was like everything else kind of like, I've been playing a lot of solitaire recently. So when, you, when you're, you got all your cards and you're like fucking hitting all the, you know, you're getting them all in line and you're winning. That's what it was like. Only it was scary. It was scary as fuck. Just watching this greater picture this narrative unfold and connect was so fucking effective and so scary that I, I've never seen a movie do it. Like I've seen scarier movies than this. Okay. I've watched fire in the sky, you know, I've watched tourist trap, but this movie, there is, I've never seen a movie that did it so well where it would introduce an element. And then if like, maybe like 20 minutes later, it would introduce another element that connected to that first element. And then, like, it, oh, it was just—it's done so well. I, I can't—I just—I cannot stress enough, like, how, like, in city feels to watch all these little parts come together to form this, like, this tale of this fucking village and this possessed god that is like reaching out from wherever and still fucking with people's lives. Well, and I think the part of the reason this works for me too is that it's edited like a TV show, right? This is a reality TV show. And so it, you don't have the issue with a lot of found footage where in order for the found footage to feel real, you've got to have a good like two minutes of someone running going. Ah, ah, ah. And I'm like, yeah. wow, they're really committed to the bit, but I don't want to watch this. This has been edited. So there are moments like that, like it feels like someone's filming, but it's also been curtailed to make sense and stuff has been cut together because the idea is that this is a, a web series, you know, that this was a thing. And like, um, yeah, there's just some, uh, the themes at play here of the cult of whatever this thing is, which the name is like the, the name for this thing, which could be a demon or a God or something else entirely is like a combo of words for disaster in Japanese. Yeah, it's so it's so it's so upsetting. Yeah. It's like it means like it means like great destroyer or something, which is like, what is he fucking uh, goes with a gozerian? Like, what the fuck? And they used to communicate through a medium and the medium would have to be fed baby monkeys to satisfy this fucking thing. 
the whole thing is like, well, and then, you know, at, yeah, there are moments where like someone's just making a noise and it can feel kind of corny. Like the first time she goes to the other, that first shrine, the, um, the woman who's an actress and a psychic, she goes to the shrine with these guys on their TV show and she has a bit of a freak out and it's like, Okay, she just yells. That's not a big deal. It's whatever. People fake their sort of shit all the time. And then they show you the thing that is on the tape in the original tape in the background. It's upsetting. Nope. It's, it's upsetting, man. No, it's, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was such a bummer. Yeah. There's just something here. There's there's something to this. I mean, I'm sure there are aspects to this around the whole like uh, Japanese culture around Shinto and other sort of beliefs that maybe is a little hard for us to connect to, but I think the movie works even if you don't know those details and it's upsetting regardless. Right. And there's a real feeling yeah. in it of, um, of fate. Like, like these people are not going to be able to escape their fate and whatever it is they do. I, I think it's something we've talked about before in a Christian version of this sort of like supernatural movie. You're always like, well, according to the religion that you're using, God wins anyway. So it doesn't, it's yeah. just not that scary. In this, there's no magical, no one pulls out a cross. There's no magical Shinto thing or special Buddhist prayer. There's no, they're just like, it's just a guy who's like, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on and he wants to fix it. But what the fuck is he going to do? You know what I mean? Like, the, there's no yeah, feeling like we're going to win this thing the whole time. It just felt like, and I, I, I've talked about it a lot. I wrote about it for uh, an edition of this, Justin. There's a, there's a writer named Bentley Little, B-E-N-T-L-E-Y, Little spelled the way it sounds. I, if you're listening to this, I implore you to check his books out. Do not let the titles fool you. His titles are always like The House or The, 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 the Library. His books are some of the scariest things I have ever seen come in at the print. Like, I... And he is big on just normal, everyday people who stumble into something that is so fucking unspeakably scary that they don't know what to do. And that that's how this movie feels like. It's not like in um, it's not like in The Gate when these kids are like, oh, if we just use this like lightning bolt that we figured out by reading the liner notes of this this heavy metal record, we can stop it. It's not even like in Lovecraft where like if you chant the right thing, uh, the shoggoths will go away. There is there there is just something that's like there is something inexplicable and unspeakable here. And it started so long ago that nothing we can do can stop it because this train is too far along already and we can't get off of it. And we're just fucked. And I don't know if the characters realize that until the end. But Liam is right in the sense that there is the sense of fatalism because it honestly feels like every everywhere these people go and everything they find connects somehow to this greater story and it just reveals just another upsetting truth another facet of this fucking terrifying thing that they're looking for and it just feels that like everywhere they go something is like pushing them along to be like no look at this hey look at that hey look at this there's some monkeys over there and it, it it's just i don't know like i've never been to japan and i could totally relate to this fucking how terrifying this is because if i tell right. a woman covered in crawling monkeys in the dark i would i would be shit myself i believe I that like it. i believe that those were actually the fetuses from the abortion clinic oh uh, uh, <laughs> well in that case i'd be like hey guys <laughs> right no but that, get I'm, out of here you 
Get out of here, little scamps. Yeah, so the, the part of the thing is the woman who uh, is the child of the priests, she becomes a nurse and she goes to work at a clinic and her job is like uh, getting rid of embryos. And they, you know, she basically has been like feeding the embryos to different mediums in an attempt to bring back this ancient god. Which is a weird thing, because you'd think, like, monkeys would be easier to get a, get a hold of. Well, I mean, not when you work at a clinic, I guess. I, I guess. I just, it feels like, it, I, you feel like it would be like, oh, and then we had to feed the medium, like, a fetus of a human. And then, like, well, we can't get fetuses of humans. Maybe monkeys will do. Maybe two monkeys yeah, are worth, yeah. like, one human. Yeah. I don't know. This, is, this movie's upsetting. It's very well done. Again, like if if you absolutely hate the idea of this being filmed on video in a style that's like a TV show, documentary, reality TV thing, then this might be hard for you. But for me, the ways that the tonal shifts happen, because a lot of the. There are moments where they're using clips from other shows to show you like what's going on. Right. Yeah. And those tonal shifts, they don't disrupt the movie. They actually hammer home the sort of irreality of it all, the kind of haunting nature of it all. It's like, it's kind of a psychotic film. It like really gets under your skin and really makes you like be unsure of what to expect next. And then the there's a sort of denouement, like the whole thing ends. He's figured out most of the mysteries. He thinks he's solved the whole thing. And then he disappears. There's a fire in his house. He disappears. And then they, the company that put this whole thing together is sent a videotape. And it's a videotape of this, like, final disaster at his house, you know. And, uh, and he's still missing. And it's just, like, you'd think that final moment would be some sort of, like, corny stinger that doesn't really work. You know, like, there's such a, you know, there's such a tradition in horror movies of being, like, and then yep. the guy jumps at you one last time, and it's so dumb. No, no, no. Some of the most upsetting shit happens in this last little wrap-up, and I just was like, fuck. Like, there, there's there's a couple of moments in th that ending that I'll be thinking about for a little bit. So that's cool. That's that's a cool thing. Yeah, it's it's great. It's it's uh, it, I had high expectations because it had been on my to-watch list since it came out. Uh, so like I've, I've been wanting to watch it and just hadn't gotten to, uh, and it's weird because it was not what I was expecting at all. And yet it still kind of surpassed my expectations quite honestly. Oh yeah. Um, if you, if you're still listening to this, we didn't really do that many spoilers. Like, I still think like what we talked about, you could watch this movie and still set because there's some shit that we didn't talk about. And I'm not going to talk about what the tape shows at the end. Because I don't want to think about it, to be honest. Um, this movie is worth seeing. Um, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on our Instagram. Then, like, I'm like, this is people are gonna hear it after this. <laughs> you you are gonna see on Instagram like, me ranting about how everyone needs to watch these movies. Although you probably already have, honestly. That. Um. I don't know. This is just like one of those films that I can't believe it took me. This came out in 2005. This took me almost 17 years to watch, to see. This is, and it's like in, in a culture where like The Ring and The Grudge and um, that's about it are fucking huge. Like 
I'm amazed this movie hasn't been remade into like some like butt shit American version. I mean, I'm glad it hasn't, but you're right. Yeah. Um, this is just, I don't know. It, 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 it's just like one of those, I don't want to call it underrated because I see everyone and their mom ranting about this movie and fucking rightfully so. Um, but this is just one of those movies that I think to like American, uh, uh, like, uh, I'm going to say entry level, but let's just say like not deep diving horror fans in America. This movie doesn't get enough of the love that it deserves. Like, there's this movie is just so like if you like stuff like Pulse and The Grudge and you know I'm gonna say it again The Ring like this movie is right up your fucking alley. This is like this and especially oh the new um there was that new oh my god what was it called it was on a um, Netflix oh my god I I watched it incarnation i don't know a japanese that japanese or, or south korean i don't know i don't i never saw it it's yeah it, it's just this this idea I, I don't know it's just this it just has everything like there's like ancient gods doing ancient god shit and like you know there's like a paranormal investigator who i saw myself in as a crusader for truth you know he had to know as much as i myself have to know um I don't know. It just it's just a fucking wild movie and more people need to watch it. And that's I'm, that's I'm with you. Quote. I'm with you. Let's 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 switch gears then to this other one because this was a movie I knew nothing about. I don't even think I'd even heard of it and I went in completely skeptical cuz I was like, oh, this is going to be some Justin Lore alien bullshit thing that I'm going to find totally dumb. And uh I was really impressed and surprised by this movie. What, Savage Land? You fucking doubted me, you piece of shit? 100% I doubted you. I totally get that. It's right to doubt me. Everyone should doubt me. We'll be right back to talk about this. <laughs> a grisly discovery in the town of Sangre de Cristo this morning, and a number of SDC residents are reportedly still missing. Because as one police spokesman put it, the whole town is a crime scene. Spend 30 years patrolling this border. They're gonna see some horrible things. We all thought it was a mass murder case. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the families of the Sangre de Cristo victims. A person of interest was detained. We found the suspect covered in blood. 38-year-old Francisco Salazar, planned illegal immigrant, has been charged with over two dozen counts of first-degree murder. Everybody seems so shocked about this. Not me. Because I know what these people are capable of. I basically believe that he killed these people. I believe he should get the death penalty. A, a serial killer. I mean, that was pretty much the general consensus. Francisco Salazar remains jailed under high security in Heinzman. But then the photos emerged. It changed. It changed everything that we thought about. I don't understand. Who, who's out there? Usually when somebody is playing with film, you can tell. You look at these pictures, there's none of that. You own a gun? I, I do. And ever since that was, I've seen these photographs, I've been sleeping with it under my pillow. At least they can't get me in here. When we were kids, we couldn't even pronounce the place. We just call it Savage Land. 
And we are back to talk about 2015's Savage Land. Again, if you haven't seen this film, it's on Tubi right now, TubiTV.com. It's free, T-U-B-I, Tubi. Um, so you'll know the cover when you see it. There's no mistaking this. Um, I want to say this up front. I only found out about this movie like relatively recently. Um, in fact, it was last year on your birthday, Liam. Um, this came up in like, I think it was like Bloody Disgusting or something like that. It was like five found footage movies that don't get the love they deserve. And this was one of them. And I went in blind and I, there's a scene in this movie. It's the scene when the park ranger or whatever, the, the forest service guy, when he says like, um, what's, what's the guy, the main character, Salazar. And he's like, and then Salazar left his house and he headed north because this is what was to the south. And he holds up that picture and it's the hills with the things running down it. That fucking, I, like, my, like, my skin became a size too tight for during that scene. There's just something about that picture that was so, like, nightmarish. And the rest of the movie is like that. This movie made me feel so unsafe um, in a way that few films have. And it is, I would say one of the most effective, like this style movies I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Well, what, 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 what did you think about this movie? Okay. Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about what it is, which is uh, this one dude, a, um, uh, an undocumented immigrant is the sole survivor of a giant massacre in a town that's sort of like the um, very Mexican town outside of a white community. And uh, of course, immediately the local police assume he did this, that he was some sort of crazy killer who massacred this whole town. So the film starts off in a very sort of uh, reality TV show way, exploring the politics of the time in Arizona, which were very anti-immigrant, uh, like just insane stuff, you know, just like, there was a point where they were just stopping people and demanding green cards on the street and uh, deporting people back to Mexico who who had family here, like people who were born here, but didn't have their documentation on them were getting deported. Things were getting pretty fucked up in Arizona, which is like, I think it's a little better now, but you know, uh, I I don't know how great it, I mean, I think Arizona Republicans recently were saying that they're uncomfortable with the word democracy and that we should just start using republic more. Come yeah, on. What the fuck? No. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, there's, it's an evolving political situation, but the movie makes that part of the story. And then over time, we're sort of revealed the story that he told tells, which is about them all being attacked. And, you know, I think I was a little, at first, less stoked on this movie because it seemed like just um, what was being described was a zombie uh, attack. And I'm like, just not that stoked on zombies right now. Uh, looking yeah. at some of the pictures, I'm unclear about that. Are those zombies, Justin? Because some of them look like vampires to me. I would say, I don't know. I don't know what they well, were. Very, it was like, very intelligently, they don't bother to try to solve it for you because the whole point of the movie is most of the community is convinced that this guy single-handedly murdered a town of 48 people. 
that he just did that. Uh, right? 50, f- 57. 57. 57. That yeah. one man who does not seem that agile murdered 57 people. And that the and we're fo- not talking. Go ahead. I was going to say these people, it, it's not like it's not like they were in a town hall and he walked in with a machine. No, gun they're spread all around the up. town. This is this is 57 people that are murdered by being like um, they they don't the official news reports don't talk about it, but they're basically torn to pieces. Well, and like the official like the official story is that he attacked them all with pickaxes with a pickaxe. And then, like, yeah, with them, a pickaxe, yeah, you know, because there's tooth marks. Although none of the teeth marks, of course, match his fucking teeth, you know, like at all. And, and he him- and he himself has te- teeth marks on him. And of the fifty-seven people, oh, there's only nine bodies or so that they can actually identify, and the rest yeah. is just goo everywhere. So, like, the whole thing is like ridiculous, and you would feel like it was ridiculous, but it's shot in such a compelling. Like if if you've ever watched reality TV that's not like the Kardashians, but is like TLC History Channel, it even feels a little bit like um, what were those horrible Fox shows that like were kind of racist? Inside Edition, you know, like if it, it feels yeah. kind of Inside Edition-y, you know, uh, and and in the end, even some of the people defending him don't end up really believing his story. You know, the author who wrote the book is convinced that this was like the Ku Klux Klan, like white supremacist attack, which again, if it wasn't for yeah. the photos, totally believable that that sort of oh, thing yeah. could happen. But we forgot f- to mention that. Go ahead. Because there's, we forgot to mention that this guy is like an amateur photographer. And, right. and like, ev- like everyone, like the thing is, is like everyone who knew him, like even white people are like, yeah, he's, he was, that was, that was, what was his name? Uh, Francisco, like, he, he was fine. Like he was like, a, he was like a, like a groundskeeper. He was like an amateur photographer. Like he was a little weird, but like everybody knew who he was. So he went out that night. He was going to go out and take pictures. And instead, whatever happened, happened. And he documented it by taking a roll of film. So there's no footage. There's no footage of this stuff happening. It's just the second act of the, the second half of the movie is just a, like a forest ranger who believes this guy walking a documentary crew through what's left of this town and holding up the pictures and being like, this picture happened here. And we like, and I, I know that might sound mundane, but by it's like, it is. Well, let me be honest and say, I did not find this. I watched this actually before Naroy and I'm glad I did because I don't think this is even close to as unsettling and scary as, as Naroy. I do think there's something upsetting about it, and I do think it's very well done. And at no point did I find myself thinking like, "All right, move it along." Like I was into this thing from beginning to end. But it doesn't get under, at least for me, it doesn't get under my skin the way that Noroi the Curse does. That movie is disturbing. This is like at times for me intellectually disturbing because he's gone through this experience and no one believes him, and he is specifically, I think, on a mission that night to save this family and this girl that he cares about. There's a missionary family, and he's close to the family. He does work for them. He's taking pictures of the family and the kids. He clearly likes this little girl, like, thinks she's cool. And he goes to, like, help them. The family's slaughtered. And he, the end of the night is him seeing this little girl 
She can't escape from the school because there's bars on the windows. And he sees her get attacked. And oh, oh, also, who killed the rest of the family? Oh, uh, the the father killed the rest of the family. The father, but yeah, to yeah. be fair, their story doesn't make any sense. That the mom and the son had turned. That's why he kills them. The whole thing was like, yeah, he just went crazy and like suicided them or killed them and suicided himself. I'm like, mm, they had turned. Like that's that's what's going on there. He he's killed two people who have turned, and he calls the other missionary guy because he's like. You can't judge me. You don't know what happened. You know, whatever, whatever. I, I, I'm going to say, um, if there's one part of this movie that doesn't work for me, it was that phone call. I, yeah, it, why? That, it's not, it's supposed to be really haunting, and it's and not it's, at all. It's Like, everything else in this movie, like, this, the, the, the scenes of the interview that that guy's giving, like, everything, every actor in this movie is, even, like, the shitty racist guys that they're talking to. Like every note fucking is like it's clear as a bell. It fucking rings true. But that phone call is supposed to be like this linchpin of the zombies are bad, but the human is worse. It's like, no, no, the zombies are are definitely worse than this guy. Because this guy's just like, and then they came back and they can't judge me, because who can judge me when I do what any it's like shut the fuck up. I just I, I felt that entire part not only was bad in execution, but was unnecessary. We didn't have to know what happened to right. this girl's I agree. family. I agree. We know what happened to her family. Uh, fucking zombies killed them. Like, and it, it's like, it just, there's that for, like I said, that for me was like the weakest part because they talk about like the, the nursery school that gets attacked. And that's heartbreaking. They talk about the people who jumped from the water tower, which scared the fuck out of me. Um, it's just. The water tower is the point at which, you know. That there's that the cops have to know their story is bullshit, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's not just they're confronted with something they don't believe in and they can't believe in. So they just let their racism push them along to blame this uh, poor Mexican gentleman. It's it's more than that, because when you realize he never even goes, there's, you know, multiple dead people around a tower that he who couldn't jumped? have even gotten to. And, who, who, and they're like, yeah, it was him. He did it. Like, yeah. what the and fuck? The, guy, the one guy even poses the question. He was like, it couldn't have been Salazar because what would drive a family to jump from a water tower when he was nowhere near it? Like, and they're going to jump off a water tower when there's one guy? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but then you realize, like, oh, they jumped because there were zombies. Yeah. I, again, a couple of the shots, it's possible that they're the kind of zombie. You know, like, there's a whole idea, like, when a vampire first kills people, they become zombies until he gives them some like of his own blood. And then they become like rational vampires. What, what movie is that from? What, what? That's in a bunch of stuff. You're yeah. Making yeah, that yeah. Up. You're making no. that up right now. Yeah. I I'll use, I, unfortunately the only primary text I will use for this right now is vampire hunter D, but I'm sure I've seen it in other things. <laughs> uh, I've seen it in Brian Lumley's necroscope. So I'll give it to you. The point is, I think they're zombies the whole time. I thought they were zombies. And the whole time I thought this is really well done. I just wish it wasn't zombies just because like, you know, I'm just at that point where I'm kind of tired of zombies a little bit. And I was like, man, this could be cool if this was like any other kind of monster. really, right? Well, here's the thing. If they were zombies, I think I think this is sort of like a. um, Like a faulty zombie, like a spiritual zombie, like a super. Not, sure, like, a, sure. not like a trioxin Romero zombie. Like, right. I think these were like demonic creatures like. um. Well, well, and that's what I'm saying. A couple of the photos towards the end. The the whoever w- was doing the, the, the some of the creatures have sharp teeth. 
and and yeah. that I don't think that's just an effect of the light. I think they have sharp teeth, which yeah. made me think, oh, it's more complicated. You know what I mean? Like I, I I think that that there's more going on here. And then the way it ends, where it's like this ranger guy's like, there have been other attacks now. Like this is happening, and that tape. Dude. I really thought the tape was going to be the last thing where I was going to say this is some corny shit. We've gone too far. We've jumped the shark. And the tape was upsetting. The tape worked. And I couldn't believe it worked. You know what bums me out most about that? What? Is in November. Is in November. They're like, and then there was attack near Kayenta. And I was like, fuck, I'm going camping near Kayenta. God damn it. Now I'm not going to be able to have fun because I'm going to be worried about Francisco Salazar coming after me. The only thing I would say borders on corny is as sort of the denouement of the whole thing that over the credits. They show all these people with like Salazar tattoos and a Salazar mural and the idea. I, I mean, OK, the, the, the kernel of that idea, I think, is pretty good, which is saying like there's something eating away at this society. Now, of course, it's literally zombies, but, you know, there's something eating away at the society. And of course, the people who are in liminal spaces, so that is the people who are not considered here legally, so they're closer to the edge are going to be the ones who know the truth of the matter. So we're all like, no, nah, it's fine. Nothing's wrong. And zombies are slowly spreading across the country. And the only people that know are like these, you know, these immigrant communities that are, that are a little more on the edge. There's something to that. And I think that there's an idea there, but I think, um, I think the, if that was meant to work as some sort of like metaphor, it's just a little too on the surface. And I think that this movie, yeah. though it plays a lot with politics, I think actually very fucking effectively, I don't think it works as a direct metaphor. It's it's within the context of a certain America. What's funny is this came out in 2017, I think. Right? Is that right? Or 2015? Uh 20 2015, November 1st. Okay. November 1st. A perfect we've heard the swarm song November 1st. Well, and this is a year before Trump was elected. Like, I feel like this is like, you know, hey, you think it's bad now? Guess what? It's about to get a lot worse. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, but, you know, anyways, the, the point is, I think if it's I don't know that it is necessarily trying to be directly metaphorical in this idea at the end. But if it's just meant to be like a, a cool way to end, like, yeah, then everybody, you know, all the Mexican folks, they really believe in Salazar and they make a mural and they get tattoos and shit. It's, it just didn't work for me. Whereas the stinger of here's a video of some other people being attacked, that shit fucking worked. Cause that video was very well done. So I, oh. I just, I just felt like they should have just ended at the video and then just done credits and not done the, the sequence of all the people. And who was amongst the zombies attacking the campers, Liam? Who did we see? Oh, I didn't. I didn't see. Who did we see? Was it Salazar? Fucking Salazar. He's back, baby. Yeah, you can't his, keep a good his, man down. So, so do you think he? I don't think he was infected. This is where I think it, there might be actually more vampires, right? Because if he's dead, he was executed, right? And he's dead. Yes. So zombies wouldn't dig him out of the dirt and bring him back. You know what I mean? No, I think he. I, I think he clawed his way out of the dirt. So you think whatever happened to them, he was already infected in some way but it was only once he was dead that he turned well yeah because if you if you if you remember they keep talking about how they never found all the bodies they would find blood trails leading out to the desert which is either a these things dragging people out there which is bad enough or b these things dragging themselves out there and then fully reanimating and fucking running 
they only like they only find like like you said what like nine bodies or like remains from nine people so that means that like 40 plus people were either consumed or joined the ranks of whatever this horde and are out there running around um i i think it's like it's probably one of those things when you get bit it doesn't kill you unlike your traditional like romero zombie or walking dead i think it's like he was bit he was infected or not infected per se but like he was he was um what's the how, how shall we say um he was he was unclean sure yeah he was deflowered he was now one of them sort of like father callahan from salem's lot and then he died and that's when the fucking whatever it is kicked in and he emerged from the grave a little less human but a lot more bitter and cold to quote orange county hardcore band of Treyu. um <laughs> because they even say like these people went to go dig his grave up these fucking like white trash pieces of shit went to dig his grave up and like oh shit someone already got to it fuck and it's like well no you guys if you'd been there like an hour earlier you probably would have been my man's first snack yeah 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 i so i think the idea then is like he's sort of the first sort of prophet of an oncoming zombie wave salazar is and thus all the shirts the shirts and the tattoos and the mural and stuff. I don't think that really, I personally, I don't think that works. They should have shown more people. Uh, Cause at this point, the movie's only shown us like three people who believe him even a little bit, or maybe four. And everyone else is like, nah, fuck that. It was Salazar. So it's like, why is there suddenly a bunch of people getting his face tattooed on them? Just feel, felt a little yeah. unearned as an ending, but that's a very small critique. This really works. And again, I don't think I found it as, scary as you did but i didn't need to it's so effective and the photo images are fucking perfect like i know like i know people are probably like oh but there's just photos it's not that big a deal whoever took these things and i don't know if this is after effects or they were staged a certain way like most of them are just perfect they are perfectly upsetting images of this attack yeah because the way they look they're all like there's a lot of pictures that you're just like, you don't know what you're looking at at first, but then when you realize what you're looking at, you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen that. The one that, the one that got me is it's a shot of in the foreground, a person is like, it's like a guy like crawling away and screaming. And in the background, you see these like silhouettes of people and all you can fucking see is the fucking glints of their eyes. And like, that's how a lot of the pictures are. All the pictures are like subtly grotesque. There's nothing that's ever really perfectly in focus. It's like you just see enough that you're like, oh, fuck that. God damn it. Um, and like they all like even even the pictures where there's 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 quote unquote nothing going on. Like when he first encounters the hunter, like the picture he takes of the hunter, you can clearly see that the hunter sees something that shouldn't be there. Like that's what works so well is like every human emotion in this in in this movie the way it's laid out is just so fucking effective um i mean like the one part that that got me was his lawyer after his lawyer sees the pictures and his lawyer's like uh you really think i'm gonna submit this to a judge for evidence like you think a judge is gonna fucking believe this like this is insanity like you could see that this guy is like i don't want to talk about these pictures because that's how upsetting they are to me like i a man an innocent man is gonna die but I don't want to talk about these pictures. There's, there was just, 
I don't know. There, there's just an element of like truth to this movie that is just really effective. Yeah, it's it's really good. I I can't recommend it enough. I think um, I think the 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 it was interesting the way they had the one author not believe the story really, you know, but but believe that he wasn't the murderer, you know. And there's something yeah. about that that I thought was interesting as well. But yeah, I I. I'm glad you recommended this movie, Justin. I had really literally never heard of it, and I'm so glad we watched it. There's a really good, um, if you want to go on, like, if you want to explore Reddit, there's, like, an entire thread um, that was dedicated to, like, to, like, like, it lays out all the maps and everything and all the all the pictures from the movie. So after you watch this movie, if you want to get, like, because they just, they, they don't brush over it, but it's, like, you, you, it it all happens so fast so you don't really you don't really get a sense of the scale of the town. Um on Reddit, if you just look up like Savage Land, there's a really good uh thread on there where people are talking about like I mean there's people talking about like their theories about what it was and that's like kind of bullshit. Um but yeah, uh you know, this this is just one of those movies that like, you know, people always talk about how there's no good new horror. And I'm like, fucking Savage Land, man. This is like one of those movies that like if you like if you like just good old fashioned fucking frightening movies like this is it. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a good example of a of a kind of movie that people write off as stupid, you know, or they write yeah. off as like not worth their time. And actually, this is this is a counter to that. Now, uh, you could also argue that movies like Savage Land and Neroy are the exceptions that prove the rule, like the the few that are good are so good that then they make the other ones that aren't so good seem even fucking worse by comparison. Sure, sure, sure. But, but you know, and, and I do wonder to what extent it's worth separating out these documentary style Johns from the ones that are just like, we added together a bunch of footage we happen to find because some of those really don't work. And, and a lot of times it's on a basic sort of formal level that they don't work. But both of these they work the whole time. At no point are you like, oh, come on, guys, really? Like, and especially Savage Land, doing it this way allows them to tell the story, but you never feel like something's being violated, you know? Yeah, it's like um one one of the one of the things I've talked about it on the show, I've yelled about it at people in, in person, is when it comes to found footage, oftentimes when you're watching it, you're asking yourself, why is this being filmed? Why are they running away from the Blair Witch and why are they still filming? Why do they still have the camera going? It doesn't matter. You know, this, I've seen people say, like, why was this guy taking these pictures? And it's like, because there was dozens of people being murdered and he fucking knew he was going to get blamed. for it. And not only that, but like, he knew that something was wrong and that it had to be documented. Like, there is a need here. Like, one of my biggest pet peeves about Cloverfield, which is a movie I, I don't mind, honestly, is how, like, at several points, um, the guy holding the camera, they're like, turn that fucking camera off and run for your fucking life. And he's like, no, no, the world needs to know. And it's like, dude, it's in downtown Manhattan. Everyone in the world is watching this with you. Like, just get the fuck out of there. You don't need to film it from that angle. In this movie, it does, the world does need to know. Because this, this, like, Salazar obviously knew, like, this is some shit that should not be happening. And I, like, they're going to find my camera and I have to, like, document what I'm seeing. So people know what actually happened. There is like, again, there is a truth here that we are seeing something that needed to be seen. This like 
there's no like put the camera down and run for your life that is in almost every found footage movie at no moment does this not ring true like you are buying you are you are seeing something a false reality that is that is living truthfully i forget who said that but that's what this movie is and Noroy's the same way well i also want to say that the people who are saying this about savage land right the movie addresses that like maybe you don't buy the reason but at least they've thought about it cloverfield doesn't bother to ever say okay here's why he's still filming in this moment like here's a reason this movie is like hey here's a war for like i, I don't I, the thing to me is like they got this war photographer guy who's explained to you how he took pictures during wartime but you don't believe that this dude would take pictures. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 they've already sort of covered it. And it, even if you don't find that plausible, at least it's an attempt. Whereas a lot of found footage movies, it's not even on their mind to realize like, Oh shit, this would, doesn't work. You know, we, we, he wouldn't be filming. This, so yeah. Anyways, I guess that's it. Go see, you know, go see, this isn't in theaters. Find this movie. It's for free on Tubi. You should check it out. Yeah. All right, so that's episode 122 of Horror Business. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can head to Cinepunks.com to check out more episodes of this and other podcasts like Cinepunks and and The Carnage Report and Twitch of the Death Nerve and, you know, a bunch of other ones. I don't know. Wine and Cheese. The Shameless Picture Show. The Shameless Picture Show, our newest edition. Yeah, yeah. What's up with Wine and Cheese? They need to get it together. Get it together, guys. Yeah, Wine and Cheese. Joey, just because you and I were at a wedding, hanging out and being bros, doesn't mean you can't put out more fucking episodes, you dude. Um, I like you, dude. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could also check, head to uh, patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. Become a fucking patron. Get some cool shit. Um, head to www.xlvacx.com. They have another Let's Hang Out Wrestling event coming up on October 21st. It's going to be a fucking blast. It's going to be spooky. Um, head to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com for some delicious coffee. Be sure to check out our boy Sharky at MechanicalSharkMedia.com. And until next time, fuck Lindsey Graham forever. Bye. Peace. Do you scan the night sky in search of unidentified aerial phenomena? Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe. We'll talk about telepomancy, haunted railroads, sentient umbrella spirits, mind-altering video games, remote viewing, SpongeBob conspiracy theories, and only gets weirder from there. Each episode, we'll share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts! Hey! Hey!